today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, yesterday, uh, U.S. President Donald Trump said he planned on having a nominee in place for the Supreme Court uh, by this weekend. As a matter of fact, he confirmed that on Twitter just a couple of minutes ago, that it's going to be Saturday, uh, the time to be determined later, he says. Uh, the nominee, of course, is to replace uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, the iconic uh, judge, of course, who passed away uh, on Friday evening. Uh, but as per usual, there's a great deal of controversy surrounding the process and who, in fact, might actually be the new appointee to the bench. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Robert Bothwell. Uh, Professor Bothwell is with the Department of History at the Mug School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. Uh, Professor, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could join us today. A pleasure. You know, as you try to follow this, and I guess it depends on what network you're watching down in the States, uh, on, the, on the subject of process, uh, the, the debate seems to be, well, this is the precedent, no, this is the rule, and, and the, there seems to be a real disconnect here as to exactly how they're supposed to proceed in a situation like this. Well, uh, the Constitution isn't really very uh, explicit about this, but, um, <clears throat> I mean, all it is is the President nominates and the Senate advises and consents. And that will be by a majority vote. Um, that that particular aspect has fluctuated over time, and uh, you know, I mean, they, the timing is all. Um, they can theoretically ram it through a day if they wanted, um, but I I think the idea will be that they'll take most of the month of October uh, to um, hold hearings, which will be largely ceremonial. And uh, and pass it. Uh, the key is whether uh, Mitch McConnell, can, the Republican leader, uh, can actually muster a majority. If he can, then uh, then it's just going to proceed more or less like clockwork with a lot of noise. Uh, obviously, what is, is muddying the waters here to a certain extent is what happened at the end of Barack Obama's uh, term as president, of course, when uh, he tried to uh, put somebody's name forward, of course, to replace uh, Justice Scalia, who had passed away. And uh, McConnell, who was the leader of the Senate at the time, again, for the Republicans, uh, basically refused to even entertain the idea and said, no, the people will decide that after the election. Uh, and, of course, ah. we saw what happened in that subsequent election uh, and, and the, the appointees that have happened since then. But the Democrats are pointing to that, Professor, and say, well, that's the precedent. We should be doing that again this time. Uh, but that, a quote from what I can understand, that's not necessarily what the Constitution says. Uh, no, the Constitution doesn't say anything on that particular exactly. aspect. And so uh, Mitch McConnell is legally able to do what he proposes, and uh, precedent be damned. I mean, it's a precedent of one uh, instance in 2016. No precedent before that. Uh, practice was very different before that. And, uh, you know, he promised up and down that this would be the rule from now on. Well, ha. Um, I mean, it's just... <laughs> It's power politics, uh, sure. is all it is. Uh, if he can get away with it, he'll do it. Well, and we've seen that over the last 24 hours or so, haven't we, Professor? The the voice clips that uh, that the networks are dredging up of uh, of McConnell and Lindsey Graham and and Ted Cruz, all saying that this is the way it should be, this is the fair way to go. And of course, it's totally contrary to what they're saying these days. But uh, as you say, that's <laughs> that's politics. Well, it is, and it's very important politics because they are trying to ram this through prior to the election, November 3rd. And what that means is that the new Supreme Court, including the latest nominee, uh, will be the one to adjudicate uh, the various questions that are bound to come up to the courts after the election. So in effect, what they're doing is guaranteeing themselves, so they think, 
um, a Supreme Court that's going to agree with whatever Trump wants. But that's not always the case. Uh, for instance, I know that uh, one of the most important uh, things they're going to deal with is actually, I guess it's the week after the election, November the 10th or 11th, uh, is uh, the uh, Justice Department's challenge to the Affordable Care Act, which uh, has been before the Supreme Court in the past. And, and to your point, Professor, you're absolutely right. Much to the surprise of an awful lot of people in, in the White House, uh, Justice Roberts, the Chief Justice, actually sided with the the, the, the majority and, and, and supported the Affordable Care Act in the, in the first place. So uh, you'd be not wise to be counting your chickens ahead of time and just figure this is going to go along party lines. Uh, well, obviously they're assuming that. But even if um, even if Roberts votes the other way, they will still have a majority. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, Roberts is almost the only person, uh, certainly on the... Republican side, that's unfair. He's almost almost the only person who's proceeding with a sense of decorum and dignity, and also with a real eye to the preservation of the authority of the court. Um, you know what? I, you wish that some of the other justices um, in the what's now the majority would think that way, and um, and of course Trump doesn't. If <clears throat> The Republicans uh, contest the election, contest the results of the election, and they go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, by majority, uh, ratifies their decision, whether Roberts uh, votes with them or not. Um, then the Supreme Court will be tarred uh, as a Republican institution. It becomes much more political or explicitly political uh, than it has been. And I can see that Roberts is just terrified of that. I mean, I think that that is a large part of the reason why Roberts has been notably moderate, uh, trying to moderate the instincts of his uh, carnivorous colleagues on the court. It's the balance of power. Maybe we should talk about that for a couple of minutes, Professor, uh, and the impact that, uh, that that Justice Ginsburg had, that RBG had on that on that Supreme Court uh, during her brilliant career, of course, and uh, some of the decisions that that she spoke on behalf of, or some of the ones that she actually spoke against in, from time to time. Uh, but that balance of power is is key here, isn't it, to, to what's happening? And I think that's the fear that Democrats seem to have right now. Uh, if in fact her replacement is going to be somebody who is of, of the ilk of a, a Justice Kavanaugh, for instance, uh, that you can presuppose what the vote's going to be on just about any issue that comes before, before the court. Yeah, that's right. And therefore, they would have, let's say, a Democratic president is elected, and nevertheless, the Trump appointee is in place. What the Trumpers are counting on is that the majority on the Supreme Court will negate issue after issue after issue. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really horrified of this. The other element to this, though, are the tools that the Democrats may have here. And, and I'd love to get your comment about some of the stuff we heard from Speaker Pelosi over the last couple of days about what they may do to try to stall this or try to change people's minds. Uh, at one point, they were actually floating the idea of trying to impeach uh, Trump again. Uh, don't know if that's going to fly with the, the American public at all. Uh, but there are some options. One of them that I was surprised to find out about, I guess they, if they actually win the election in November, uh, they can put forth a motion to actually increase the number of people on the Supreme Court. That's apparently not carved in stone either. Well, it's not. I mean, the original number on the Supreme Court was five, and so it's gone up to nine. And they can do it again. Uh, they can make it 11 or 13 or 15. 
And um, given given that the Republicans have been playing fast and loose with this, um, I I think they will make the argument that they're just giving back as good as they got. Um, and the American people might agree with that. Well, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's one of those, as I say, it's a, it's a, an arrow in the quiver, isn't it? I mean, when I heard that, it reminded me of when Brian Mulroney was the prime minister. And, of course, uh, you know, in this form of government, of course, the parliamentary system, you have to get approval from the Senate for any legislation that was passed. He had a huge majority in the House of Commons, but the Senate was dominated by liberals. And uh, he he fixed that. He just pointed a whole bunch of conservatives to, and just said, I'm, in, I'm increasing the amount of senators. And by the way, they're all conservatives, and now we have the majority. Uh, that's It's an option that they can do down there, too. Well, that's right. That was in our Constitution. It had yeah. never been used before, but it was there. It was legal. And, um, you know, Nobody really blamed Mulroney for doing it. He counted on that, and he was right. Um, and then, of course, the key there was that he won the next election. And, yeah. you know, LLs followed. So where do you see this shaking down? As you mentioned, he's got it, McConnell's got to get a, a simple majority. Uh, there is some concern that we've heard anyway, uh, Professor, uh, that even some Republicans that may be up for re-election in, in some you know, very tenuous positions now because of what's going on in the last little while uh, may be hesitant to actually move forward and and, and, and support a, a new justice at this time. They may want to leave it again. My understanding, well, again, we're getting back to doing the math here, uh, that there have to be four Republicans that are going to say, well, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah, that's right. And two have said they won't. Um, mm-hmm. One of those has a record for being pretty wobbly, so I'll believe it when I see it. Um, <laughs> they need they need two more. Conceivably, uh, the senator from Colorado who's in trouble um, and who's not as far right as the rest of the party, um, and and one other. Um, so it could it's theoretically possible, but you know we've heard this song so often over the last four years. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, nobody has yet come forward. Maybe Mitt Romney will, and that would make it 50. But then the vice president cast the deciding vote, so that still gives Trump the majority. Um, yeah, I, 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 just, I just don't see it happening. But there's, there are so many things that have gone wrong, Um I mean, the the Republicans have been um, playing fast and loose with uh, with voting, for example, um, and it's quite conceivable that uh, Trump could be reelected with again a substantial minority of the popular vote, and a lot of the vote in key states will have been suppressed by the Republicans. Uh, so you know, you a lot of people are going to question not just the legitimacy of the Supreme Court but the legitimacy of the Congress and the president. Well, and, and if these all these clouds that are you know encompassing just about everything that's going on, uh, you know the death of, of, of RBG obviously just you know exacerbated an awful lot of the concerns that were already on. Yet you have you have the president right now still saying, well, "Okay, you know we want to find out in one day who's going to be the next president." November third, you don't want to wait a few time. Well, it's it's historically uh, not necessarily the way things go. Uh, we all remember, of course, George W. Bush and, and Al Gore and the the hanging chads. Uh, and that ended up being a Supreme Court decision that took weeks, not just hours, uh, to get. And many other democracies or any other people that hold elections oftentimes hold them over a couple of days as a, 
posted in one particular day. Uh, but yet people seem to be buying into what Trump is saying here right now, that that would be an affront to the Constitution to have an election that lasted longer than 24 hours. Well, that would be an absolute guarantee of um, disorder. Uh, a lot of people would not accept that result. Um, and I, I hate to contemplate what might happen after that. What, what really astonishes me the last couple of months is the violence of American speech, American rhetoric. Uh, people, people are saying things that were inconceivable. They never could have been said in public before. You know, you read in the paper, or these days I'm dating myself, uh, you read in the paper equivalent, um, <laughs> that um, uh, there might be, the military might intervene. I've never seen anything like that. Um, and you know that's that's just the sign of the sign of a, a country that is in real disorder, and unfortunately, um, Trump and his uh, Republicans are are playing with fire. They are, in fact, they're a very radical party. Um, I mean, a radical party does not necessarily accept the legal and constitutional limits uh, that have kept the United States together. Um, you've only got one kind of recognizable regular party, uh, the Democrats, who are who are like our parties. You know, thank God Canada has not gone in that direction. Um, you know, the Conservatives uh, came out and supported the government's actions over COVID. Um, you know, and that seems perfectly normal in in our democracy. Uh, but in the United States now, for 30 years. Uh, there has been a, a steady diminution of those parts of politics and the Constitution that keep the whole thing together. It's uh, it's it's frustrating uh, simply because everything is done on party lines. I mean, and Trump was was you know not being at all you know co about what he was doing. I mean, he just he basically his mantra after getting elected was to destroy anything that Barack Obama put in place, Affordable Care Act, so many other different things. Uh, it's it's not hey, what's best for the country. It's just you know uh, this is this is war. That's what it seems to be. And you're right. It's uh, it's that attitude is infectious, sadly, and we've started to see it manifest itself uh, with street violence, uh, with with gunplay. I mean, it's it's. It's uh, it's not the, the the America that we remember growing up watching, uh, with great you know respect and and and, and looked, the way things that yeah, and even the what their their political processes. I I can remember even when I was a young kid, professor, watching the the, the Democratic and Republican conventions and being impressed by the process. Uh, COVID aside, I mean it's it, it's just not the same this year because it's it's a blood sport now. Well, on top of the blood sport, which is kind of defined by Newt Gingrich all those years yeah. ago, yeah. Um, the Americans have um, a sociopath as president. Um, and he cares about nothing except his own, um, his own welfare, um, very narrowly defined. And there, there's one other thing about this. Uh, we don't pay attention to it. But um, if Trump loses, uh, he's going into court and uh, possibly jail. Because there are all, you know, there are all these suits against him. He's being investigated for tax fraud. Um, I, I mean, nothing is more certain than if Trump loses on January 21st, uh, there are going to be writs served on him, and he'll spend the rest of his life um, fighting legal battles. Uh, yeah, and and this is this is his comfort level right now because it, and that's one of the other cards that he can play here. 
uh, is, is Bill Barr, who is the Attorney General, who's supposed to be the, the lawyer for the American people to defend the Constitution, uh, has done nothing except act as Donald Trump's personal lawyer through this whole thing. I mean, the reason that the Affordable Care Act is even before the Supreme Court, or will be uh, in November, is because Bill Barr brought that motion forward, even after it got, you know, it was... He couldn't do it in the, in the, in the Congress, so he simply said, oh, I'm going to take it to the court. It doesn't even belong there, but Barr has been doing his bidding from day one. Yeah, well, Barr is behaving as though Trump is an absolute monarch. Um, I, and that's, that's kind of the problem with the American Constitution. Uh, it was always assumed that the president would be a rational, reasonable, and also law-abiding person. Um, and now there isn't. So, I mean, Barr is doing what the English kings did in the 17th century that lost King Charles his head. Um, now, that's not, that's not the Constitution. But, you know, if, if you really get to that point um, where the law is being used as a political instrument, um, there, and you can't go back, you can't go to the courts because they're discredited, um, what follows? And, you know, there there is unfortunately logical progression. Uh, just breaking news, by the way, Professor. I just got a, a tweet here from our global news uh, correspondent in Washington, Reggie Cicchini, that uh, uh, Mitt Romney is now just, he is going to actually vote on the floor. He's not going to uh, hold off on this at all. Uh, he says that uh, fairness. Uh, he says it's like beauty; it's in the eye of the beholder. He says if the nominee reaches the Senate floor, I intend to vote based upon their qualifications. So I guess the Democrats are going to have to go chase somebody else. Well, he's still not saying exactly how he would vote. Yeah, um, that's true. But, but that's a very disappointing thing. I mean, if it gets to the Senate floor, it's going to exacerbate the, the situation. Um, and this is the kind of thing that happened before the American Civil War. Hopefully we don't have the same end. Uh, we'll see what happens in the days ahead. Uh, Professor, thank you so much for the time. It was great to get your perspective on some very, very important matters. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care. Professor Robert Bothwell, of course, from the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.